bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here, your home, for a behind-the-scenes look at the artists and their work. Right now, you're hearing from Al Jarreau. Now, he's one of the very rare few, I think Michael Jackson may be the only other one, who has Grammys in three separate genres. Al has a Grammy for pop, R&B, and jazz. Pretty versatile and impressive guy. We continue our chat with Al Jarreau right now. Now, I want to talk about the love songs. Uh-huh. Because as Ali and I were talking about it, I mean, you hear your voice on those love songs, and you can't help but be in love, even if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want it so bad to be so like that. To make that masterful interpretation, do you believe all the words you're saying, or is it just a masterful interpretation? Well, are you asking if I believe in love? Well, yeah. Well, yes, totally. (laughs) Absolutely, yes, I believe in love. During the last interview last week, I was talking about learning to sing love songs at a very early age. Do you know, um, your lips are like a red and ruby chalice, warmer than the summer night. I don't. This This is a very jazzy kind of love ballad that I heard when I was eight or nine, and it became part of my my background and singing repertoire at an early age when I wasn't supposed to understand those kinds of intervals and changes. Well, okay, forget intervals and changes in the complexity in the song, but I've been singing a love ballad with Nat Cole and Johnny Mathis forever and ever, you know, and believing in love. (laughs) Kathleen. Do you know Kathleen? I'll tell you about Kathleen. Cute little girl in grade school. I think I was in kindergarten and was in love with Kathleen. That's all I could think of. (laughs) I was in kindergarten or first grade. In love with Kathleen. (laughs) And Lolita after that. So I feel that and have felt it for a long time. Love is a part of your early language. Yeah, part yeah. of my early language and continues to be, you know, part of my language today. And certainly if you believe in what it is that will save us, you know, yeah. from ourselves, uh-huh. it has to do with love. Yeah, mm-hmm. And true. more love. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I believe in love between individuals and love between countries and across borders. Very okay. important stuff. Okay. Yes. So then when you'd sing the romantic songs, do you do anything in the studio to set the mood or is it just in you? I don't have to do anything in the studio, especially to set the mood by the time I've gotten to the studio. It doesn't matter whether the lights are up or down. Uh-huh. I'm there. Okay. And you just turn the music on and I am there. Somehow I knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love those questions. Nobody's asked me that before. You rascals, you. <laughs> now, what about you do over 50 dates a year and you're traveling all over the world. So now do you... Warm up your voice before your performances? or can Every you? time. Okay, so do you do like breath exercises? How do you warm up your voice? 
Well, I'll leave here when I finish talking to you and go to a voice lesson. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Al Jarreau takes I'm voice studying. lessons. I'm really studying for one of the first few times that I've studied with a voice teacher and a voice coach that I just love, who is going to help me, I think, recover some high notes in my voice and help me sing another 75 years. Okay. <laughs> uh, to our benefit. <laughs> That's good for everybody. All right. Al Jarreau here on the Mulberry Lane Show, talking about music and his vocal exercises. I have some exercises that I do. In fact, uh, over my right shoulder here, Sam is sitting, and when I get up and get going in the morning, he asks me, should I turn on Coach? And Coach are some warm-ups that I have, and I do this warm-up routine. Then there's some silent stretches that I do, silent without tone or voice kind of stretches of the apparatus, you know, of the throat and of the tongue and of the mouth and and making sure that it's nice and open and all. And certain kinds of massages on the big old sternocleidomastoid. You know that big muscle? (laughs) That big muscle? Yeah. Getting it loose because if you're performing a lot Mm -hmm. and we're all under so much stress and tension, that that big old muscle there can get clenched and tight. And so there's some back-of-the-hand massages that I've learned to do on that muscle that kind of keep it open. Mm -hmm. And the same for the big shoulder muscles that get tight and cause you to lift your shoulders up, Uh you know, that muscle. Well, all of that, I think, is important for singers Uh to help extend the life of the voice. Yes. Yes. Now, do you think of your voice like an instrument? Yeah, that's what it is. I Uh mean, if you think of it or not that way, that is what it is. It's an instrument, and the human voice has its own particularities that are different than a violin or or timpani drums. Uh But, yeah, it's an instrument, and I think I just always tried to stretch the parameters of that instrument and ask my voice to... To make flute sounds or guitar sounds. (laughs) I just asked my voice to do those things, kind of entertaining myself in the car with people looking at you with their mouths open. (laughs) 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 Pointing to their phone and going, (laughs) 911. Let's get this driver off the road. I mean, I did so much stuff of the extra vocal sort that people recognize as my thumbprint. You're just asking my voice to do extra things and finding a bass drum in my throat. And then finding the cross stick. So just asking my voice yeah. to do that, kind of entertaining me yes. and stretching the limits of the voice and the throat and finding a way for that stuff to enter the music. Mm-hmm. And the best part is your voice listens to you. Yeah, my voice, uh, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned the Philadelphia Artists in Residence Program, but that's one thing about you. You're always ready to help you know, the next generation, the students, passing on the wisdom and the knowledge that you've gained. If I haven't done it enough, I'd need to spend a lot more time, uh-huh. you know, with young people. And I think it's especially necessary 
these days for young people to have some moments with older people who come from a different approach to the music, who have an approach at all, you know. There aren't great encouragements coming from the school system. Mm -hmm. That was so important for me, Uh those encouragements from the school system, the fact that there was an a cappella choir, the fact that there was a band, there was an orchestra that played badly, (laughs) (laughs) that everybody pointed their fingers at and laughed, but that experience was invaluable for me. The arts are the human sensitivities program. It's sensitivity Mm -hmm. training. When a young person learns to dance Swan Lake and understand the story of Swan Lake, when a young person learns West Side Story and understands Tony and Maria, who were Romeo and Juliet, really, and gets those human sensitivities in them, those things about joy, those things about pain, those things about sorrow Mm -hmm. that you write about in a song or that you paint on a canvas Mm -hmm. or that you sculpt into a piece of clay. These are the especially human sensitivities Mm -hmm. that are important as we make decisions about what we're going to do in the morning with our Congress and what we're going to do about poor people and what we're going to do about those who don't have this and who don't have that. Very important decisions that we make about our community. Yes. Kids get that. You know, those are the people that I want to make decisions for me voting in Congress or downtown about whether or not we fix our roads, whether or not we have classrooms that are well lit and clean and there's supplies for kids. Mm -hmm. We're starting to forget about that stuff. And it's starting to be the way to be, that we don't care about what's going on in schools and in those situations where kids are learning, et cetera, et cetera. Shut up, Al. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, you know, just the whole music and arts educations in schools, the fact that a lot of those funds are being cut is a very sad thing because a lot of kids do learn that way. And I'll tell you what, you show me a kid with some dance shoes under his arm or a trumpet, and he's not carrying a gun. Right. Exactly. That's a really good point. How short-sighted can we be? Mm -hmm. Right. Give them that experience. Let them have that and save your society. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably not an accident that the line Algero sang in the USA for Africa song, We Are the World, was... And so we all must lend a helping hand. We'll be right back to wrap it up with Al Jarreau here on the Mulberry Lane Show. It's like a diamond ring, it's a precious thing. And we never want to lose it. It's like a favorite song that we love to sing. Every time we hear the music. We're in this love together We got the kind that lasts 